Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, We are ready to cover month one, day three. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed the readings that you've been walking through. For many of us, we're pretty familiar with the book of Genesis because truthfully, uh, if you've tried to read through the Bible in a year, uh, the the first week or two is is pretty simple. Uh, But as life gets busy and a little more hectic, uh, sometimes we tend to, to fall off. So these are probably chapters you've read a bunch of times. If you stay with us and, and you get through a couple of weeks or a month or two, uh, we, we may get in some, some uncharted waters for some of you, which is great. Hopefully this will be a year you're able to, to make it all the way through if this is something you've tried before in the past and, and maybe didn't, didn't make. Um, just a quick note on this. I'm trying to keep these videos short, which means I'm having to fight the urge and temptation to try to uh, teach through a lot of this. I really want these videos just to be recaps and, and, and overviews. Um, that's hard for me. Uh, I'm an expositional preacher. Um, I'm used to preaching uh, pretty lengthy messages and, and pretty uh, deep detail. And, and the purpose of this video is different. These are just to be overviews to help make sure you're catching the main points, or at least, I wouldn't even maybe say that, maybe just overviews of what to me I thought were significant observations and then applications. So um, I'm finding the urge to teach, and this this reading today is a great example of it because I've got a lot of things I'd like to explain and teach, and there's some some difficult things in the reading today um, that I would love to spend more time on. But in the spirit of what I'm trying to do with these, uh, let's look at today's five observations, five applications, and a summary from Psalm 3. Five observations. Number one, Even though the earth was filled with wickedness, Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Chapter 6, verse 8. Noah wasn't a perfect man. Uh, He sins. Um, But I think it's encouraging and worth noting that while there is so much wickedness everywhere, Noah still found favor in the eyes of God. The second observation is that God establishes a covenant with Noah based on his own commitment. Um, this is one of those areas I'd like to spend more time on it when you look at the covenants that God made. But, but this is a one-way covenant. This is God giving His word, giving His oath. This isn't because of something um, that He negotiated with Noah. This is a commitment, a covenant God made with Noah. The third observation, Noah and his family get in the ark seven days before the flood began. Chapter 7, verse 7 and verse 10. We'll come back to that in just a little bit with, with an application of that. But I think that's interesting that they Noah builds the ark for all those years, and then they get in the ark. Uh, the Lord closes the door, and they're there a week before the floodwaters come. A fourth observation, God tells Noah and his sons to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, chapter 9, verse 1, as he had done to Adam and Eve, chapter 1, verse 28. And so you have the Lord giving... This, this same command to Noah and his family that he had given to Adam and Eve before the flood. And then a fifth observation, the rainbow is given as a promise of God to not again destroy the world by flood. Chapter 9, verse 13. So moms and dads, when you see a rainbow in the sky or your, your child sees a rainbow in the sky, help them understand that. Help them understand uh, the beauty of what that is, what that symbolizes, and not just 
about the flood and not just that God made the rainbow, um, but the theology behind it, that, that when you see a rainbow, you are seeing a reminder, you're seeing a sign of, of God's covenant, of God's commitment. And that's important because we need our children to understand the faithfulness of God to His Word. Uh, so when you see, when you're out driving around after a rainstorm, there's a rainbow and your little child says, look, a rainbow, um, take a minute, take two minutes and help them understand. This is a sign of, of one of God's commitments that He's given to us and help them to, to root their faith and their trust in the veracity of, of God's Word. Five applications for today. Number one, we should obey the Word of God even when we do not fully understand why God has commanded what He has or how it will work out, like Noah did. Uh, God told Noah to build this, this large, large boat. Noah doesn't know all the details of how it's going to work out in the end. Noah doesn't know the end of the story yet. He just knows what God called him to do, and he got to work, and he was, he was busy obeying the Lord. That's what we should do. We need to be busy obeying the Lord, reading His Word, understanding it, interpreting it correctly, and obeying it, putting it into practice. Even if you don't know why God wants us to do that, if it's clear He's called us to do it, we just do it. Uh, you may not know how it's going to work itself out. You may not know what the end result's going to be. But as has been said by others before, you worry about being faithful to God and leave the results of your faithfulness in the hands of God. The second application, finding favor in the eyes of God is far more important than receiving the applause of men. Never is that more clear than with Noah and the ark. Noah is building the ark because he's obeying God. While he's obeying God, he's a preacher of righteousness, the scripture tells us, and no one outside of his family responded. He had not only no affirmation from other people outside his family. Uh, he was no doubt jeered and mocked and ridiculed for it. And yet, when the floodwaters come, the only place of safety is to be in the ark. And it is so clear in this story here from Genesis that to have favor in the eyes of God is far, far more important than to have the applause of men. That was true for Noah. That's certainly true for us today as well. Three, having children is a blessing of God and a good thing. This was the command of God to Adam and Eve. This was the command of God to Noah and his family. And this is a good thing for us today. Now, it's not God's will for everybody to get married. And for those who are married, it's not God's will for every single one of them to have children. We, we know that. We understand that. But, but in, a, in a normative sense, uh, for those who are married, for those who are able to have children, it's a good thing to, to have children. It's a good thing to, to raise your children in the things of God. Um, and, and sometimes it's scary. We think about what will life be like for our kids or what will this world be like for our grandkids. And, and, and I understand that. Um, but God's plan has always been for His people to be fruitful and multiply and for us to raise children to love the Lord and to go live out their faith. And it's one of the blessings of God on this world that there are believers that, that live right um, and that care about the right things. And it's part of God's, God, God's common grace to the world that there are believers uh, who have children and raise their children to love the things of God.
A fourth application, we must never mistake God's patience for his indifference. We must never mistake God's patience for his indifference. While Noah is building the ark, God is being patient. People are mocking Noah. They are wicked. All of the intentions of their heart are, are evil, the scripture says. And during all those years, Noah's building the ark. Even during that time, Noah, as a preacher of righteousness, is proclaiming the truth to these people. Though they're not listening, though they're rejecting, God is still being patient with them. And they cannot and should not interpret his patience as his indifference as the judgment did fall. The same thing is true in our world today. If, if today, if you're not a believer and you're watching this video for whatever reason or reading through the Bible for whatever reason, but you're not truly a Christian, and you may think to yourself, well, you know, I, I still have a good job. I still have my health. I still have my family. Life's still going pretty well for me. God must be indifferent about my sin. No, he's not. Don't mistake his patience for his indifference. These are days of grace, and these are, is an, this is an opportunity to respond to his grace uh, with repentance. But don't mistake his patience for his indifference. Judgment will come. Uh, it did for Noah. Uh, it does for those who take their last breath and stand before the Lord. And it will come for us as well, which is why we must be covered by the grace of Jesus Christ. A fifth application, most of life is common. Just real quick, I wish I had more time to look at this, but if you just look at the very end of chapter 9, um, verse 28, after the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Now, while there, there was, the earth was being repopulated, it was an interesting time, but nothing would be as significant as the flood. Nothing would be as, um, as memorable as building the ark. And after the ark is built, after the flood subsides, Noah lives 350 years. Pretty common years, pretty ordinary years. And that's true of our life. All of us have seasons or moments where something is really spectacular or maybe where something in, in our spiritual life is just this real high mountaintop experience. But most of our life is just lived in the routine. Noah builds the ark goes through the flood, um, gets off the ark, these just amazing days, and then lives 350 more years, pretty common, pretty ordinary years, compared to what he went through with the ark and the flood. God was still doing spectacular things. We'll read about that in the next few chapters. But compared to the flood for Noah, um, and then he lives another three centuries. And so in your life, don't be discouraged by the routine. Don't, don't be frustrated by the mundane. Most of our life is pretty normal. We go to work. We, we do our homework. We get our kids to school. Um, we do dinner. We do laundry. We mow the yard. We do dishes. We pay the bills. Most of our life is pretty ordinary. But it's in those ordinary days where we trust the Lord, walk with the Lord. That's where we find our relationship with the Lord um, being so sweet because it's just the ordinary, normal days where we get to experience this great blessing that God is with us, not just in the mountaintop season, not just in the spectacular moments, but every day the Lord is with us and we can be glad about that. And then quickly, a summary from Psalm 3, such a great, great chapter. I've preached through Psalm 3 a few times and, and love that chapter. Um, here would be my one-sentence summary of Psalm 3. 
The cynics will always mock God's people, but the Lord cares for us, sustains us, and saves us. So let the cynics mock. Um, let the people who, who despise the things of God say what they will. We'll love them. We'll pray for them. Let's seek to, to show them God's grace. Let's seek to share with them the gospel. But if they reject the gospel, then that's their choice. Um, here's what we know. Through it all, God will care for us. He will sustain us. And He will save us. And we rest in that. And let it be said of us that we found favor in the eyes of God, no matter what the world thinks of us or what the world thinks of you, live your life in such a way that God finds favor with you. All right. Um, I'm fighting the urge hard because there's so much here I'd like to to spend much more time on, but hopefully that'll help you with today's reading. Uh, five quick observations, five applications, and one summary. Be blessed. Keep reading. This is a journey that's worth it, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day.